Weekend Variety Wireless. Gordons, my God, they were a force of nature. I was lucky enough to see them live once. We're talking tonight the Gordons to Bail to Space. They are the same lineup and one of the most impactful, anyway, bands. They formed around the very early 80s, an important part of the emergence of Flying Nun. They really were a thing. Weren't they? Grant Smithies joins us for this journey from the Gordons to Bail to Space. Yeah, they're still making a good old racket now, aren't they? As people will discover yep. when the uh, the Others Way Festival rolls on through with them playing at it. Bail to Space, they're playing in Christchurch, Wellington and Dunedin, as well as the Others Way next Friday night. And they'll be playing on K Road with all the rest of those bands. It's such a rare thing to be able to see them because they've been based overseas for so long. And two of them still are, eh? John Halverson lives back in Auckland now, as you know, but the other two are still in uh, New York City and have been for ages and will drift back occasionally to do this and that. I talked to Alistair Parker from the band a week or two ago and he said they still meet up regularly and sort of rehearse and thrash out bits of songs and some sort of things on the way. But it'd be good to look back over their storied career from the beginnings of the Gordons. I mean, I love in particular the first uh, Gordons LP. Yeah. And intermittent bits of Bail to Space have always slapped me around down the years. And an interesting pathway from the Gordons to Bail to Space. It's like basically the Gordons to the Gordons again. It was like they drove a, a muscular tank, a Panzer, to begin with, and ended up in a B-52 bomber or a fighter plane at the end. Still as much devastating power. It's true. Okay, the dates. Friday the 31st of August, that's the Others Way Music Festival, and that's on K Road in Auckland. Then Thursday the 13th of September, Blue Smoke in Christchurch. The 14th of September at San Fran in Wellington. And the 15th of September at The Cook in Dunedin. Now, their story begins with an outrageous thing. It was John Halverson who brought them together, and he didn't know either of them, and it happened within three days. Meeting, rehearsing, writing the tunes, and the gig, you basically got 72 hours. And I don't know of anything that's been done that quickly and has stood the test of time. No, and they're still together all this time later. Kind of amazing to actually thrash out such enduring songs. In three days too, isn't it? And also find that you get on so well, given how often bands start to really piss each other off in no time. And they've managed to have this enduring sort of creative enterprise together down the decades. Amazing. I managed to corner John Halverson a while ago. Here's his story on the formation of the Gordons. Well, I just finished art school in Christchurch and uh, I'd been in a a few um, art school bands. I was about to embark on a career doing graphic design when I was doing posters for Jim Wilson and uh, he booked me in to do a show at the Hillsborough assuming that I had a band, which I didn't. So I had three days basically to get a band together and I hadn't met Alistair or Brent yet but um, (laughs) they were the first guys that came along and it just worked so we didn't really interview anyone else. Wow. And uh, three days later we were on stage supporting the Kids at the Hillsborough. After how many days' practice? Three days. Three days. Yeah. In which we wrote the songs and... Yeah. Yeah. And did you know them before that? 
I'd never met them before that, no. That sounds incredible. There must have been just uh, a, a chemistry because there was no mucking around with who was in the band. It still isn't. I mean, you know, with the Bailder Space, it's, it's the Gordons under another name. Well, it is really, yes. <laughs> There's a neat story. Couldn't find the audio of him saying this, but I know it's absolutely true because I've spoken with him. The tune Adults and Children. Marvellous. Yeah. He had a headache during this intense rehearsal period of three days. They'd written the tune and he needed some lyrics. He went out to the van. It's always a van. Got a disparin packet. I can smell that van. Yeah. Got a packet of disparin or paracetamol. Doesn't matter. And he looked at the packet, was taking it, looking at the instructions and thought, that might work. So that's what the lyrics are. He just held the packet of painkillers in front of him and said, adults and children, take your tablets once every four hours. And read the schedule. Read the schedule. And then he added, use the bathroom yeah. for some reason. You have to finish the line somewhere, don't you? Fantastic, clanking, serrated riff to the same, the descending baseline. It's marvellous. And do check out the video. It's lasted the test of time as well. It was actually filmed by TVNZ, believe it or not, and they didn't ruin it by trying to do their own thing. They followed the instructions of John Halverson. good band adults and children written pretty much on the fly and in a hell of a hurry Uh, i think also a remarkable thing that they were up and at this sort of thing really really early on this is before the clean um and it was uh, an integral part of the formation of flying nun roger shepherd on the gordons and early flying nun things started in christchurch for flying nun didn't they they did, and uh, if there was a Christchurch sound, it started before. I guess I started the record label in response to what was happening around me in Christchurch. The bands I was going out and seeing as an underage drinker slash punter. You know, it was a rich time in Christchurch. Bands like the Gordons, well known for being loud, but also very clever, very ahead of their time, very modern. A band that was uh, forced to break up because of their audience. Um, they tend to attract a lot of boot boys and scary behaviour. 
which I'd like to say was absolutely nothing to do with the band itself. They'd held none of those positions. No, not at all. I felt really sorry for them uh, that they, yeah, they attracted that audience. You ever see the Gordons? No, I didn't. I've um, heard people testify to what a punishingly loud experience it was. I was looking at one of their clips a day or two ago online, and um, this dude said his elder brother always had the opinion that they were a great band to hear at the Carlton when they were playing at the Gladstone, which is a nice joke if you've ever spent much time in Christchurch, because the old Gladstone car park is like 700 metres from the old Carlton car park. They're both Mm. now flattened, basically, as Bro was referring to how punishingly loud they were, and sometimes the best way to hear them was to be outside and down the road. (laughs) I can absolutely testify to that, because the only time I saw them live, God, it must have been the early 80s, had to save up a little bit of money or, or find some and then there's also the anxiety of being underage it was at the Windsor Castle in Auckland and yeah. being inside was such an assaulting experience I just went outside for a break outside sitting down was someone I knew Chris Matthews and we sat down outside the Windsor Castle and that's how we spent pretty much the rest of the evening because you could hear them from outside they must have been terrifying proposition to a lot of people. And here's John Halverson on the almost preposterous loudness of the affair. It did add to things in some ways. The Gordons didn't really sound like anything else and famous for being really freaking loud. Oh, there was some very loud Gordon shows. I'd say that we were probably louder than Belter Space, the, the second Gordons especially. Was it loud yeah. on stage that was out the front? It was. I mean, it was loud without a, a PA system even in our practice room. Uh, we were often getting trouble with the noise control people coming around. It's not that we were trying to be loud. It was just somehow it accumulated to be loud. Even using small amps, it was loud. Brent hit the drums pretty hard. Volume is something in and of itself which it can project a feeling. Yeah, sure can. <laughs> and it did. Yeah. Gordons were shut down in Wellington once, weren't they? The police came... A lot of trouble happened just before the show started. A lot of violence erupted, but I missed all of that. I wasn't even aware that it happened. Mm. Um, it was under control by the time I arrived in the venue and started playing, and I was only told about it later on. <laughs> there was a lot of electricity in New Zealand in those days, musically, politically as well. We're talking Muldoon, uh, Springbok tour, all that sort of stuff. There just seemed to be an added quotient of anticipation in the air. It certainly was. It was very different times and it was something that the gordons i think reflected was that on purpose or just happen naturally just naturally really maybe the magnus opus is that what they call it of the gordons coal miners song it's very different from the fast thrash along adults and children thing isn't it it's this dark and ominous sort of a thing full of these huge discordant riffs bashing against each other. It makes me think of a meaner-sounding Sonic Youth. And, you know, you think of it as that it's an instrumental till you get a full three minutes into it before some lyrics start to roll up. We won't be playing all of all of these songs because you can go and find them. Basically, we'll try and be bait.
constantly have to remind myself how early this is because it still sounds modern to me. It sounds timeless. Yeah, I, I agree. They are things that have endured really well. They eh? yeah. remain really interesting to this day. And I think on Coal Miner's song, you get hints of Bale to Space to come, that kind of big, brooding, muscular, haunting almost sound. Yep. influences. I asked John Halverson about the influences and uh, he was scratching his head for a bit. What were the tastes of difference, points of difference between you and uh, your fellow band members uh, Brent McLaughlin and Alistair Parker? Well, that's hard to say. Uh, well, Brent was pretty big on Led Zeppelin and stuff like that as far as his drumming goes, so he was a very solid drummer. The three of us came from quite different uh, musical backgrounds and with different tastes and it was just a combination of... Um, I think it was just the shock of actually meeting and coming together and the songs just came out. Mm. And we hadn't heard anything like it either. <laughs> John Halverson, he looks like Robert Oppenheimer and musically he did kind of invent an atomic bomb. It's true. They managed to work some gentle moments in there later on too, though, didn't they? Yeah. They had good range. They weren't just terribly loud and intense. They sort of went sideways here and there. Well, we're going from the Gordons to Bale to Space. Bale to Space on a very rare tour of New Zealand, starting at the Others Way on the 31st of August, and then the following week, Wellington, Christchurch and Dunedin. You can look them up online. We'll be back very shortly. The Weekend Variety Wireless. We're looking at the pathway of the Gordons, very early 80s, Christchurch through to Bale Space. Something they got right too, I reckon, from the get-go was the imagery, the artwork. It's always been consistent and somehow right. Yeah, agreed. The famous Gordons guitarist in a diver suit. Uh, Which got bashed out in no time, didn't it, apparently? Here is John Halverson talking about that. The image that you're holding in your hand there of the uh, the diver figure, the, the Gordon one, um, I did that, and that was actually on the first day that we met after we'd had our first practice. We realised we needed a poster. We sat down together and um, I collaged that. Very small size, but not much bigger than a postage stamp, and then we blew it up to a large bromide and got it printed that day, actually. And so is that what the reason it looks sort of posterised? Yeah. Wow. Now things happen fast in those three days. Things were really happening. <laughs> we were on fire. And then there was the Gordons too, without Alistair Parker. It was quite a different affair, wasn't it? It was. Alistair Parker got God for a short while there. 
and yeah. then lost him again, I think. So he disappeared into a Christ-related fug for a while. And Vince Pinker came into the band who had been in Proud Scum. The sound changed a lot deliberately murkier sound with a lot more echo on the vocals and things. They tried out other things, not all of them successfully, but that second record had at least one gem on it, I thought. Reactor? Yeah, good thing. Skeptics, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> it's true. Gordon's two. John Halperson of the Gordons again. Gordon's two. That was uh, myself on guitar and Brent on drums and Vince Pinker on bass. And we toured a lot. And we were going to go overseas at the end of our last tour, but we decided to disband. I think it was around the middle of '83, and we had just finished making an album. But I think when my um, guitars were stolen, that put an end to it for me I just I lost my 64 tally and uh, mm. I was pretty blue about that I'm still pretty blue about that you never got it back no someone's got it out there and my strat yeah. oh no so that uh, that stinks that, that was the end of that era and that was that for the Gordons it was a really really short period of time yeah all over for a wee while and until Alistair Parker got past the religious conversion and wanted to make an unholy racket on electric guitar again eh what became Bale to Space, which started off being called Nelsh Bale to Space, which was only really Parker from the original Gordons at that point, eh? and Hamish Kilgow from The Clean, uh, Ross Humphreys from Pin Group, and Glenda Bills, who'd been in a band called Man Ray on keyboards. I love that EP that kicked things off. A little transitional period thing, but I remember um, being stunned when one of the key songs off it called New Man played on Radio Pictures. Parker up against a piece of glass slapping himself against it with no shirt on and stuff like he's trapped inside your telly or something. It was marvellous. But also that it just had a big mechanical sounding sort of keyboard riff as the central thing in the song and then the, the guitars or backs being trebly as buggery and I love it. Even the vocal on it sounds like um, it's going into new territory again and Parker sounds to me like, on the chorus part at least, where he's singing this loud he sounds like David Byrne from Talking Head.
strange direction. It went way over there before they came back. It was a really short-lived thing, but man, it, it was interesting for that moment. And I don't think anyone was thinking, goodness me, the Gordons are going to get back together in another name. No, no. <laughs> but it came to pass. Um, Escalator Song was kind of the first real Bailtree spacey sounding thing that they did, I reckon. Yes, mm. it was the greatest Vader EP, which was 1988 by this point. And to me, it, it could almost be the clean as far as the structure of the song goes yep. and the tempo and style and the sort of semi-throwaway, talkover style vocal. It's very cleanish to me. Yeah. If you're drawing a Venn diagram, there's a lot in the middle between Kilgar and Bailter. Yeah, yeah. Escalator song, Bail to Space, early on. Nice to read some quotes about what people have written about the Gordons and Bail to Space. Now, just regarding the Gordons, arguably the most sonically challenging New Zealand act of their generation. You know, I'd probably go ever. Yeah, yes. Certainly who they'd be competing with would be the Skeptics, who are partially the same band. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, drummer and guitarist. All right, we're doing this because Balta Space are on a rare tour of New Zealand, and last time they played, it was just bizarre. It was like seeing Norman Kirk walk out from the wings. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Because they played a Gordon song. Oh, and I, you think, no, it's not a band doing that. This is the Gordons. I, I, I have it on good authority that they're going to do that again. Good one. Wonder if they'll do coal miners. Oh, please! Shall we pray now? Yeah, yeah why not? Yeah, please make Baltus Place play coal miners' song on their tour. Amen. Good luck with that. We'll take a break and come back. The weekend variety wireless. Baltus Place were the Gordons. They're touring New Zealand. It's a very, very rare opportunity, and it's strange to think that they were the Gordons all those years ago. Exactly the same lineup: Alistair Parker, John Halverson. The Robert Oppenheimer of uh, modern music, and and Brent McLaughlin, Gordon's one, Gordon's two, and then Balter Space, and then Yoink, straight overseas, really driven band. They've spent more time overseas now, way more than they spent in New Zealand. Grant definitely, and two of them have been living there for what a decade or two. Yeah, hey. I can't even keep track of where they were. It was Cologne, London, New York, but New York they found a home and spent yep. most of their time there. Hey, just a thing on Brent. He is 
a marvellous studio engineer. He is brought in as um, a hitman for a good drum sound. If you have a think of She Had, it was Brent McLaughlin that worked with them on that drum sound. All right, Fisheye. If there was an alternative radio hit, uh, yeah. It might have been it, off the Thermos album. Yeah, 1998, by this point, the second album, Thermos. I love the way it builds up from that intro and acquires a sort of pulsing bass line. And then it drops into some sort of dreamier, shoegazy meets Sonic Youth affair. It's just sonically really interesting, I think. Great song. Yeah, for a lot of Bile Space stuff, it's a bit like someone singing a love song in a furnace. <laughs> Fisheye. I just think it's dreamy. Yeah. Hugging a cat during an air raid. <laughs> You've got your pussy cat and you go, oh, during an air raid. World War II style. Yeah. It's got some tenderness as well as the mayhem about it. So, yeah, I'd, I'd give that the thumbs up. Another really groovy thing about Battle to Space, such creative videos. Yeah, great things, eh? Famously, the um, which has been done by every man and his dog since, I think, but hadn't by that stage, the backwards video for Splat, which was off their fifth album, Whammo, that came out in 1995. It must have been quite difficult to do, because when you watch it, they are quite cunningly miming in a forward, backward way the guitar playing and the drumming and stuff, and then all sorts of strange things are going on backwards 
around them, people sucking smoke back in rather than blowing it out. It's really confounding. You think you've worked out how it's made and then you think, no, because there are a lot of forward things happening at the same time and it's a single shot. They would get people to do things backwards while filming forwards and who must have been doing it backwards when they were shooting it. Exactly. It's also interesting, I think, in that it doesn't sound like much else that they've done in that it sounds like it could have come out of Manchester to me. The the song itself has got undercurrents of the Stone Roses and Oasis and bands like that that you don't really associate with Bell's face. Yeah, true. Pretty big in New York for a while there, Graham. Yeah, they signed to um, Matador, which is a grunty-ass independent label over there. Yeah, toured their ass off and so on. Yeah, just a, um, a little thing from the Alternative Press in New York. If Peter Buck of REM had heard Balta Space, the acceptable face of American rock music would have changed forever. That's saying something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that is. Yeah. All right, we're looking at the path from the Gordons to Bale to Space. We'll be back very shortly. We've been looking at the Gordons, one of the most impactful, unique noises ever to come out of New Zealand, and it stands up today. Even that first EP and the songs were conceived, written, performed in the space of about three days. And that is from them not even knowing each other to begin with. It's the weirdest story. <laughs> anyway, okay, they moved on to be Balta Space, based overseas, New York primarily, and projects. It's just so powerful. They're really good at minimal lyrics, Grant. You listen yeah. to lyrics, don't you? <laughs> I do. The other thing that always impressed me about this is it sound, it's off their fourth album, Vultura which was 1994, is that it sounds heavy 
as some of the Gordon's output. It's back to being hefty, muscular, smack you around the head sort of a record, and Project has got that going on. John helps and explains. Final Space and Project sounds really, really live, John. Sounds live. That was in the studio, though. Yes, that was actually a studio recording, but mm. it does sound live, you're right. Yeah. You presented that song to the band in a very, very different form that I don't think anyone uh, would have heard. No-one's heard it at all. It was recorded in Cologne on a four-track cassette machine. Brent was playing the drums on it. Alistair was in England at the time, but... Uh, when he came back, I presented it, and um, but this is the version that uh, no nobody's heard, basically. Hey! Hey! What, can you tell me what the lyrics are, are about? Because I've made up all sorts of theories myself. I guess visiting New York for the first time and seeing all the projects and all the homeless people, that's where the idea of projects came from but also I was working on a project at the time in Cologne and I was um, going without food at that particular occasion and Mm -hmm. um, it just seemed appropriate. There was that nice line of beautiful Americana, hey have a nice day, is that is that what you know the McDonald's greeting sort of thing? Well yeah it's just a general American term they like to use. All right John Halverson there the original demo version of the thing. Have you heard that? No, no. And, oh, another favourite of mine, Adman. Just a fantastic repeated lyric. Adman, like advertising agent, I suppose. Yeah. Adman, what are you doing? <laughs> yes.
Shakespeare, innit? <laughs> a beautiful question. Full of moment and import. Agreed. E- economy as well. Lovely. Yeah, economy particularly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, both the space, Alistair Parker and Brent McLaughlin, just the two of them did an album not long ago, Strobosphere. I did miss John Halverson, who was here in New Zealand, and I don't think he was entirely happy with procedures being left out. And I, I did miss him on the sound of it, but I'm complaining about not much at all because it's a brilliant sounding album. Yeah, it is. It is. I think it's their eighth record, isn't it? Their eighth album, anyway. Yeah, yeah diff- definitely a different t- sound. It's, there's a real mix of lush and dreamy sort of atmospheric sections yeah. on some of these songs and heavier, clanking guitar sections. They sort of knock a few of these things together, sometimes within the same songs, like Meeting Place. some standout bits on the record that really kick ass and that's one of them I think. I really like World We Share although it will be obvious I think to a lot of people when you have a listen to it, good heavens is Keith Richards been, I'm going to say resurrected to being 20 years old (laughs) Really? It's got that street fighting man sound to it. Yeah it's relatively gentle and poppy for them isn't it? chords they will play one chord and they'll play a different chord mesh them over each other and it creates something much larger than the sum of its parts yes And there's a neat story about um, how the video was made. You pointed me to this, Grant. Yeah, it it coincided with 
Hurricane Sandy in the States. Let's get the man who made it, Stuart Page, up online. G'day, Stuart. Hey, uh, Grant. Good. How you doing? Hey, Grant. How are you? Stuart Page, famous for tons of neat videos, AFCO, the Skeptics, Buddy, Peter Gutteridge's Snapper. The video for World We Share, you got caught up in a hurricane. Can you just regale what happened, Stuart? Yeah, one day I was at that Dub Pies store in Brooklyn and um, I heard someone say there was a hurricane coming in. Turned out it was the biggest one that had ever hit the eastern seaboard. And we were in the middle of arranging to do some filming. Basically, I was staying out in Bushwick with Hamish Kilgar, luckily, because I think below about 38th Street or something, the entire you know lower part of Manhattan was wiped out, no electricity, all the subway tunnels got filled with water. So there was really only one way to get over to the Manhattan Island, and that was by bicycle over the Williamsburg Bridge. So, uh, yeah, I had to borrow a rusty old bloody dunger from Hamish. Alistair Parker had to move out of his apartment, and he was staying in a hotel way up on 78th Street or something on the west side. So I had to bike over the bridge over to the west side and then all the way up to 78th Street on this rusty old dunger. By the time I got there, my ass was so sore. And then Alistair had, had to run down from 42 stories down the staircase and then back up and then back down again. So his legs were all buggered as well. And so two grumpy old men off, went off to Times Square one night and uh, we did some filming right under the nose of the police and got away with it. Why didn't you put it off? Uh, well, um, Why? Exactly. <laughs> yes. You're already there. I wish you had a bike. Why not? It was a storm putting you off. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> we just went and did it. Um, we just got it done. And they're like, was I that or don't do it? Yeah. With the X-Men, you regularly played with the Gordons back in the day in Christchurch, though, didn't you? Tell us a bit about that. It was always cool to do support of the Gordons. We ended up playing with them the Gladstone a few times, which was always really great. A ferocious sound. I only saw them live once, and I found it more comfortable to uh, listen to them from outside. <laughs> yeah. I remember once they used the Gladstone in-house PA just as fallback for Brent, and then they, they, they brought in, like, truckloads of cabinets and had this big wall. It was pretty impressive. They're amazing, yeah. There were some weirdos that used to actually sit inside the big bass bins. You know, like, look how tough I am, you know, they'd sit right in the bin. Jesus. So, yeah, there yeah, were some crazy guys here. Stuart Page yeah. from the X-Men, video maker, artist, aligned with so much great New Zealand music. Thanks heaps. My pleasure, and uh, have a good day, Grant and Grant. Okay. See you, Cheers. Mate. See ya. All right, Grant, anything else you want to say about this swirling thing called Bail to Space? Well, I guess one thing that's notable about it is, you know, when people are reviewing this stuff from overseas, they reach around for various sort of references and signifiers, and they pull out a bunch of the same ones again and again, most notably the sonic youth of the Antipodes. Oh, hang on. That is not fair, because they freely admit they were influenced by the Gordons. Yeah, I was going to say just that. It was more of a mutual appreciation uh, society, I dare say. The Gordons, you know, predated lots of the Sonic Youth things that people know. People, other people mention this heat, 
Dinosaur Jr., you know, mm. Joy Division, Wire, mm. this kind of punishment, alternative TV. It really always makes me think how ineffective those comparisons mostly are because you hear any of them and go, oh, yeah, but nah. Yeah, yeah, but nah. They really sound like themselves, and that's possibly one of their greatest things. It's even through all these changes that we've sort of charted from the Gordons to the present day, they really have certain things going on that are specific to those three guys. John Halverson. In fact, it's pretty hard to really pin down any influences mm. with the Gordons. I think it was just the shock of actually meeting and coming together and the songs just came out and we hadn't heard anything like it either. <laughs> <laughs> the sum of the three parts is greater than the three individuals. Oh, absolutely. And for a three-piece as well, it's, it's such an enormous sound. Yes, there was often comments after the show, people saying, well, where's the keyboard player? I heard a keyboard all the way through that, but there, there was no keyboard. <laughs> it, it happens sometimes. You get the uh, re- reflected sounds and all the, all the dissonances that happen. They can create a, another instrument. Yeah. In fact, we were always looking for that fourth phantom member as well. <laughs> Trying to turn down a bit, you know. And still freakish that they were three strangers and over three days had a band. And they're still going. Yeah, good stuff. And we should say, the inaugural Independent Music New Zealand Classic Record uh, in April 2013, it was presented, went to the first Gordon's album. So there you go. good stuff. Okay, Grant, are you going to get to see Battle of the Space? No, but I might be able to hear them from Nelson. Sometimes when I look in your eyes, sometimes I just can't stop eyes. Sometimes I just can't stop eyes. Are you all okay after that? The Gordons to bail to space. I maintain they're an important and wonderful thing. and grown in your backyard. Fresh outside a tale after New Sport and Weather at 11 o'clock.